Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 3, Episode 22. Tegan, we are getting near the end of the year. Wild to say so. But how are you doing today? Doing really well. It's crazy 2022's uh, come to an end, and I'm even sad that Andor is coming to an end. I don't know what to do my Wednesdays anymore. But Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know every week we've, we've kind of caught up with it and mentioned it. And, and just if you haven't, for some reason, watched it out there, please go do so. It's one of the best Star Wars pieces of content out there. So fantastic indeed. Uh, so everyone, uh, welcome to today's show. Uh, we have a guest with us later on today, Caleb, aka Cakeman89, who is head of the Foundry SW5E project. So we're going to check in with him on his experience with tabletops and Star Wars 5E, and also get an update on where that Star Wars 5E system is at for Foundry. So uh, look forward to that conversation later. First, of course, be sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, YouTube channel for VODs of live plays and other tutorials and how-tos on the Star Wars 5e system. Also, check us out on Twitter and Instagram for content updates and some little content pieces such as NBCs, plot hooks, etc. there. And then uh, Twitch, which we'll get to here in a second for live actual plays. And lastly, our Patreon, the best way to support what we do here uh, with Dungeon Jedi Masters. We have some new Patreons to give a shout out to. So at tier two, thank you to uh, Matthew, Joseph, and Chad. Chad took advantage of that yearly discount. And then at tier three, Rex. So thank you to you all new members. And of course, all of our existing members. We appreciate it so very much. And uh, we do have some new content this month. Uh, Tegan, the finale, the final adventure in the Invasion series. Tell us about that. Definitely. This will be a fun one. So kind of put your players to the test. Uh, so the invasion is going to kind of kick off in force with uh, the Republic going out to respond to this big threat that's been lurking in the shadows uh, with your players leading the charge. So uh, this is a, a fun one uh, for any of the GMs who use starships. We've got some starships encounters on that side. Uh, we got a pretty fun in space encounter, which uh, if you guys run, I'd love to hear how it goes for your crew. I'm uh, looking forward to running it with my live play invasion because I had some fun doing some of the mechanics on it. So uh, hopefully you and your crew enjoy it. It'll definitely be a little bit challenging, but it should have some fun stories from it. Uh, but overall, it should be a blast. I had some fun kind of use on Vaughn creatures and monsters built out for it. So um, I think you and your players will enjoy it uh, and it'd be a kind of a, a good satisfying end to the, uh, the, the Bayesian uh, DJM 2020 campaign or 2022 campaign, I should say. Fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing how that wraps up. If you've been running that, please let us know how it's going for you. Uh, I think we'll save this for next episode uh, as the next episode is just a little bit of a recap and whatnot. But Tegan, let's uh, make sure we talk about where players can go from you know after this episode you know because it, it won't necessarily be the end maybe suggestions on where they can take the campaign from there so we'll touch on that next time uh and then leading into twitch and i know tonight with this episode you'll be having an episode of invasion where are you at in regards to the patreon adventure 
Depending on how much my group hams it up, uh, we should be ending up uh, the Invasion Adventure 4. Uh, okay. the, the trials of the Senate, uh, we should be bringing that to an end uh, t- tonight. Uh, so as long as nothing goes too crazy, I, I think it's going to be a tight, uh, we have an action-packed one and tight uh, on the timing, but I'm hoping we'll bring that one to an end. Uh, we're going to do probably a one kind of a little misadventure before we go into uh, the, the big season finale for it. Awesome. So yeah, so tell us uh, when people can check that out. Definitely. So check that out. Uh, we're usually uh, running either 6.30 or 7 p.m. Eastern time, depending on kind of what's going on. So always check it out around uh, Tuesday, uh, this is 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, on my channel, Tegan J Gaming, uh, Twitch. Uh, come through, uh, even with Sun Invasion, uh, Keith, uh, the other one of my players in Invasion, and the other DM for Stranded runs his Stranded campaign. Uh, so come through every Tuesday, hang out with us, and see some fun Star Wars 5e content. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely be there to check that out. And I don't think I mentioned this, but uh, that Patreon adventure is out with this podcast here for all tier two members, tier three members. You got an early preview of that last week uh, as we do with our releases. So if you're running that, please let us know how uh, how that's gone for your table, what you've enjoyed and and uh, if, if you've you know veered from the path at all. And what's that look like? Always love to hear about that. All right, I think that's everything on the front end. Uh, so we're going to get in here with conversation with Caleb and hear more about Star Wars 5e on Foundry. All right, everyone, we are glad to be joined by Caleb, a.k.a. Cakeman89 on the interwebs. Caleb, how you doing? Good, Todd. How are you? Doing well. Glad to have you on again. Uh, we've talked to you before. I think about Foundry was the last time around, but uh, we're going to touch on that again here with some updates. Uh, but yeah, let's let's uh, remind people or dive into it a little deeper this time around about your experience in tabletops in general and Star Wars 5e. Tell us where everything started. When did you first roll dice? Uh, actually, technically, I still have yet to roll physical dice. Okay. Because okay. everything I'm doing is on Foundry. <laughs> but uh, no, it was about two years ago. Uh, so I am actually a new, fairly new uh, player and DM. So uh, we started looking around when the pandemic hit for things to do and found Foundry and SW5E and um, Star Wars all the way. So we started playing and haven't stopped. Nice. We don't have to worry about the dice addiction. Uh, I probably play in person once every other month, but I still have like a ridiculous dice collection. So you're saving money on that side, I'll say. Actually, I'm not. I'm still buying physical dice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I they were like my fidget spinner when I like I kind of was getting interested in tabletops, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to the game store and buy some dice, and I bought a random, you know, out of the bargain bin, seven different dice, and and I just like rolled them on the table. That was my little you know fidget thing, and and then uh, yeah, then from there it was like, okay, I got to get more, and and yeah, so I bet. Yeah, I uh, I started buying off of like Kickstarter um, a few cool looking ones that were Star Wars ish. Nice. And then uh, then I bought the most recent Foundry ones, of course. So Not for like a d- digital uh, Foundry skin thing. You're talking? No, they uh, they came out with a physical set of dice. Based, oh, really? Uh, with Foundry, yeah. Okay, and you could roll it, and it like goes with. into Foundry. Well, no. No, oh, okay. it's still a physical set of dice. Um, they came out with it, I think, for Black Friday. Uh, okay. Nice. Right around then. 
And so I got that. Uh, there is that coming, though. I know. Yeah, uh, the, the pixels. Up on Kickstarter. Yeah, I yeah, signed pixels. up for the Kickstarter, too. I got excited that somebody had it out already. I was going to go <laughs> throw some money at it. But yeah. Yeah, I get their <laughs> updates, their email updates, and I'm just quickly scanning, and it's like single Same. dice, still production, uh, delete. Like, I don't, you yeah. know. Yeah, pretty soon much. Soon enough. Soon enough. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. So you said, uh, so tabletops uh, digitally, you got into it during the pandemic, as a lot of us did, um, which is fantastic. But only Star Wars 5e. Have you looked at any other tabletops or played anything? Or No, I have not, actually. Um, I have skimmed, like, just as I've seen them uh, to see the different systems and the way they're played. Um to kind of get an idea of maybe variant rules that I can do and stuff like that. But as for actually playing them, no, I, I have not played uh, even uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Core 5e. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. It's hard to go backwards from Star Wars 5e to Core 5e. At least I found it with some of the lack of options there. Uh, but I don't even played any of the other systems. Anyone that you kind of scanned or picked anything from that you really enjoyed? Um, I think, uh, well, uh, Tom, there was one that you were talking about a while back on the chat, and I checked into it. Oh, I cannot remember the name of it, though. Uh, you know, around my block, I mean, there would have been a lot, and, and Tegan's doing a different one every month this year, but uh, Mothership would have been one of the big ones if it was the sci-fi. Could be Deadlands? Yeah, Savage Worlds, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was Savage Worlds. Yeah, because there's a, there is a Star Wars uh, a fan hack of of Savage Worlds, uh, which oh. was which I have tried out, which is pretty cool. I think it works pretty well with that system as well. So, yeah, but I think what you said about you know looking for variant rules and and things like that, uh, I think Tegan and I have have done that a lot, and and uh, you know pulling stuff from one or the other. So, um, you said you have done that. Is there anything that specifically stood out uh, in regards to something you've pulled from another system? Uh, so the <clears throat> the variant rule that I kind of pulled was in regards to like a mass army fight, like army versus army or army versus a village. Mass battle, yeah. Type of deal. Yeah, mass battle. There we go. Yeah, it was it was in regards to mass battle, and um, it worked out really well. Basically, the players had different. There was one token that they all had access to. And it had different things. It was almost like uh, starships, essentially. You know, they, they had access to that token. It was the village. And they had different actions that I had come up with that they could use against uh, the hordes that were coming at them. So. Do you remember what system you took that from or where you got the inspo from? I go, I go, I go over so many, I'll be honest with you. And I'm only looking for specific things. I do not remember the name. Oh, of it just flies by. Yeah. All good. I, a really cool concept there. I know uh, Tegan, uh, you probably dove into some of that stuff. I know just reviewing Savage Worlds, there's, they have mass battle rules there. And I, Colville kind of has his own, I'm sure has his own stuff in that regard too, right? Oh yeah. Kingdoms of Warfare. It's If I ever, like, actually I may try this this year. I've got a ton of PTO at the end of this year. Uh, but if I ever have the time, I want to convert the Kingdoms of Warfare stuff over to Star Wars 5e because it's really, really cool. Uh, and I think it would fit the system well. Kingdoms of Warfare? Kingdoms and Warfare. They have physical copies of the book now. Highly recommend picking it up. I've played it a couple times with like the regular 5e stuff. Uh, really cool. It's a cool way to simulate mass battles and have like your character kind of leading troops. And it was it was a blast. I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, but I am a huge Colville fan, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, we, I mean, our journey as, because we all, uh, me and my players have all started at the exact same time. 
awesome. before that we were playing like card games in my basement, like Marvel versus and things like that. Since we all started at the same time, we really didn't understand what this game system was about right away. So to us at first, it was almost like a video game. You know, it was, I have a map, we're going to explore it and you can use your, your cool abilities and everything like that. But as we've went along, we've realized, you know, there's role play and this is more of a, a story-based game. You know, you can make a character and make it really cool, get away from that video game type feel. That's a pretty unique perspective because like I've, um, I was brought in by people who were like kind of familiar with TTRPGs and a lot of the players I play with, you're either kind of new or have some experience. I've never had a group that's kind of like pure newbies. Like uh, anything like kind of like that stood out with that experience or kind of growing up, kind of getting into the hobby that way? Uh, yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of growing pains, um, you know, coming up with, uh, tr- you know, trying to do rules right on the spot. And then, of course, the first thing that I did not realize was there's a player's handbook and a Dungeons Master's Guide, aside from what the SW5E website provides. And so it would reference something, and I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and it wasn't until maybe eight months in that I figured out that I needed to go download that and start reading it. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, a lot of 5E players or DMs don't read the DMG, so you're, you're not alone <laughs> Yeah, it, it's very much, I love that. I love that story of your entire group, brand new. Um, even if you have some idea of like tabletops, I love to hear how a group that, you know, none of them have experience playing because I think they're just, you know, kind of how like children are so innocent. They don't know any better. And they, because I've heard some other players and their tables sound amazing and they have no uh, bias, if you will, from from any other players, experienced players, right? They're just doing it on their own, and I think uh, there's just something so uh, so very cool about that. So, but the campaign's still going. Uh, so obviously, you all have really enjoyed that, making that that shift from what you said with being more video game mindset, and you've shifted into that. Has everyone really dove into that? You know, kind of narrative storytelling aspect. Uh, anything yourself that you really really enjoy out of that? Once you realize that's what it was about. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, you know, I've always wanted to write a book or, you know, do something like that. So that one, once I figured that out, I was, I was all for it, but, uh, my players, a uh, few of them have trouble doing that and a few of them degrade it, you know? So it's just kind of a mix and uh, a few of them are there just for combat, you know, <laughs> not really for the role play. So, so we, you know, we still, we have a mix and it, it mixes well though. You know, we, we don't fight or anything like that. So That's a, um, a good question there. So as, as the GM, you know, regardless of, of how newer you are to that, but how have you made sure that that synergy at the table is there and, and that the combat players get what they want, the RP players get they want, and then helping them play off of each other. Anything that you've done or anything you've noticed at the table that you could tell other GMs? For the GM, I would seriously recommend trying to balance it when you're thinking about um, the encounters and and the world building. You know, if you have something RP followed up by combat and then you go back to you know somebody else doing something, it, it kind of breaks it up and it makes everybody get what they want. Um, so I, I definitely recommend a multi-stage approach in, in a situation like that. But also too, I really encourage players to be honest with me on feedback 
Um, if you want more of something, you need to tell me. And also don't like DM me about it. Just say it in the group. We're all there to have fun. And if somebody wants something more, you don't know. Maybe somebody else does too. So just be honest and open and we'll be able to we'll be able to make it work. That's a great note. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get feedback from players. Like not, not just feedback, because you'll say, oh, it's good or I'm enjoying it. Like, but like, there has to be like there's parts you have to be enjoying more or enjoying less. And like getting that feedback is like like you get this way to do their taxes, but exactly. Yeah, that's why I keep telling them just say it, you know, say it, say it in front of the group. Um, not to put it, not to put anyone on the spot, but Mm-hmm. If anybody's going to be on the spot, it's me because you're telling me I need to do something better. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fine with that. That's awesome. I, I love that mindset, that approach to it. Yeah. Players definitely be open with that. DMs. So I think on the other side too, DMs, um, you know, ask for that feedback. I, Caleb, I assume you are doing that. As you said, you're doing that. Um, you know, you could even, if you wanted to get specific and ask about specific things, you know, how did you enjoy that combat scenario or this or that? Um, yeah, I, that's, that's wonderful to do. Cause as you said, that's just going to make everything better at the table for sure. I had a really nerve wracking experience here this last session <clears throat> because when a, when a player made their character, they made him an amnesiac and they left their entire backstory up to me for them to find out as they go along. <laughs> awesome. And so I had a roll table where they would have dreams and they finally hit the one that now they know most of what their backstory was. And I was so nervous about that because I was going in blind. They didn't want to know until, you know, going through the campaign would reveal it and stuff like that. But uh, it ended up being pretty good. They enjoyed it a lot. So uh, Very cool. How would you like as a bit of a DM having that responsibility? It's one I think it'd be fun sometimes and like a little bit nerve, like nerve wracking, as you said, like, I'm not sure if I'd like it or not. Like, I think if we could come up with something cool, but then you have to worry about if they like it. I think it's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, thankfully, they're a laid back player. So <laughs> it was, it was a little uh, nerve wracking, but at the same time, I knew they would probably not, not be too unhappy with whatever happens. Um, so you had a free plot hook generator for probably a little bit too with it. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Love that. A good RP challenge for a character, you know, like let somebody else present you with something and, and, you know, an improv challenge almost, you know? So yeah, that's awesome. So you are running that game. Are you playing in any other games? Uh, otherwise playing in uh, cold opportunities, just play the play by post. post. Yep. Yep. So we're running the play by post on the DGM uh, discord there for anybody that hasn't checked that out yet, uh, which has gone great so far. So other than that, have you played anything else, one shots or otherwise? And I guess what I'm leading to is what do you enjoy most about the system uh, class-wise and things like that? Okay. Uh, yes, we have played many one shots. Some of them have to do with my campaign. Some of them have nothing to do with it. I did play uh, one of the players that I'm DMing for, one of the GM, and they played a campaign called Supremacy. And it was about us being in a uh, gladiatorial arena as slaves on Genosis. That was last year. And I, I played an operative. It was my first actual character in a campaign. I played a Cathar operative, uh, sharp suitor. And I love the operative class. That's fantastic. I would have to say, though, that my favorite class is 
Scholars, I, I need to play a scholar because I've had a couple in different games I run. And there's just so much they can do. Uh, there's so much, like, so crazy amounts of support they can give up. Yeah. Yeah, I played a uh, geneticist pursuit, I think it's called, scholar in one. And that was, uh, you know, I named him Bruce. Yeah, just because he, just because. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to check out when I get a chance, uh, and I had a player run this for a while. It just seemed like crazy. I'm not sure if they've changed anything with it. The Explorer Scholar uh, just seemed like a lot of fun, uh, and a little bit ridiculous at times. <laughs> yeah, they can definitely do a lot there. Uh, I, I feel like I have one almost in all the games I've ran, and, and they're just, yeah, extremely versatile indeed, yeah. So, uh, Caleb, let's shift gears a little bit here. So you're, all your games that you're playing, you said, are digitally uh, through Foundry, very appropriately, of course. Uh, for those that don't know, a quick reminder again, Caleb, you are basically the kind of man in charge with keeping that project going, started that project, and now keeping it going. The Star Wars 5e module, is it? Uh, is that what they call that level of things for Foundry? I forget if it's a module or a system setting. It's a system, yeah. System, yeah. Star Wars 5e system for Foundry Virtual Tabletop, which is amazing. I, I switched over to that myself. And, you know, when I was running some Star Wars 5e games and, and it, it works great. So hats off just in general to you and the team and, and what you've been doing with that. So there's a big update either coming or uh, is just out or coming. Uh, so the Foundry hit version 10 and uh, working to get Star Wars 5e up to date with that. Give us a quick check-in on where things are at. We're close, um, very close. It'll probably be coming out here within the next week with a stable build. Um, then at, when we do the stable build, I'm sure there'll be some migration issues that we'll have to go back and take a look at. But I mean, it happens every time, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. But it is, it is almost there, which is exciting. Uh, I have it on my server running it. And um, all of the updates that were to D and D, I mean, it's come a long way. You know, when I first did it, I all I did was copied and pasted SW five E to replace all of the D and D code, and I, it was just copy paste. That's all I did. But it's come such a long way because you had to have starships in there and uh, different things for the system that's completely different. And where where is Starships at uh, on that? I haven't checked it out in, in a little bit myself, but is, is Starships in there well enough yet? I don't... Yeah, so uh, it's been awesome. in there for, I want to say, six, eight months. It's It's been completed. Nice. Um, it's using the Starship errata. It's, it's running good. Uh, I honestly, with my players being new, I have not run anything Starships yet. It's kind of its own uh, different game, yeah. It, it is. So we, we have away from it for now. Other than updating to Foundry 10, are there any other big updates to the Star Wars 5e uh, system that we'd be seeing? Yeah, so we, I mean, we have a running list of things that we'd like to get done. Um, the list that I have here, we want to get med packs to roll correctly, depending, you know, based on rarity. <laughs> And then uh, we're going to split the monster compendiums so that you have the S and V and then also Fitzos, Codex, and, and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, we're going to try to develop a compendium browser so that you can search through the compendiums. Based My on, core foundry doesn't have that. Yeah. I don't know. But we're, we're going to steal it from... Uh, there's another system that does it. Pathfinder. Okay. Pathfinder does it. We're going to steal it from them. 
And then we're going to do rapid and burst support because it's a pain to have three different entries for the same weapon on there. So we're going to do that. Um, I did do a module myself for companions so that it would be compatible um, in the meantime, but we are going to try to get that core and actually create the companion classes and stuff in the system so it doesn't have to be a separate module. And then uh, I think just some CSS changes uh, so that it looks nicer. And that's, that's where we're at at the moment. One of the big things, and I still haven't made the switch to Foundry myself, but one of the big things that always made me want to move over that way is the monster manuals on there. Having like Fistos and like uh, the, the traditional uh, Scum and Valley manuals in there. It's, it's just sweet. It saves so much time for having to go in and input each monster like you have to with Roll20. Yeah. I mean, I did have to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that it's in there. <laughs> But just once, and then thankfully you shared it with all of us, and you know definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I think even if you're, you know, Tegan does a lot of of custom uh, enemies and and whatnot, and having a base, even having a base to bring over, you know, can help quite a bit uh, with that. So yeah, that's that's definitely one thing I always enjoyed as a, a GM within Foundry for that. And not having to find tokens. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have not played anything except for Foundry, so. You talk about Roll20, the, the most I've seen it is on the stream. But I mainly I mainly use Foundry and like Dungeon Draft for my map. I've been to check out Dungeon Draft. I've been using Incarnate uh, quite a bit. but I, I did Dungeon Draft because uh, there's a Patreon a droid cartographer. Yeah. He, uh, he does all of, he lets you have all of his assets for Dungeon Draft. So you can just use whatever map you're going to make, you can just make it with those assets. And that's, that's why I did it and made the move. Cause I was originally using dungeon fog and I was, I was happy with them for a long time. But then when I saw that, oh, I got to change. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, those resources out there are always does, sorry, dungeon draft is one you use, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there an integration to foundry with that? Or I know some of those, ha- there's like integrations with some of that stuff, but. Some of them have it, but no, uh, there's okay. no integration with it. It's just, you know, you export it to a WP, uh, WebP or whatever you want yeah. and, and then upload it. Cool, cool. Do you get into like the walls and lighting and, and all that? Like, like using the, the tools within Foundry for, you know, line of sight, fog and all that. Yeah. All the bells and whistles. Oh, yeah. There. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have things I don't want them to see yet. And so mm-hmm. all of my maps are completely walled and, you know, I've done lighting techniques that make it so that, you know, it looks like a, a ray shield going back and forth. That's and cool. stuff. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun one because uh, I don't think I told you guys, but we, we did run that Rakul one-shot, the uh, oh, nice. outbreak. How'd that go? And, <laughs> well, the first time I, did, I, I deleted <laughs> the recordings because um, everyone died. So um, <laughs> the second time, though, um, I played in it and had somebody else uh, run it. I uh, did not meta game, so that was you can't say I did. But there was a ray shield, you know, in the hangar, and somebody just walked right into it and immediately had them take, you know, like four damage because they ran into it. So, but yeah, the, the lighting, the uh, you know, on Foundry you got modules, and those modules are they're amazing. Because yeah. they can customize the game ridiculously. And I run, I have 
175 downloaded and I run 140 or something like that. Every oh, day. wow. So I'm a heavy user on it. Any uh, modules, just a few that are kind of must haves for other uh, Star Wars 5e foundry users out there? All of the monks modules, Iron Monks modules, I would recommend them highly. They they do a lot between the token bar and the uh, mm-hmm. act, yeah, advanced active tiles and things like that. I don't know if it's Monk that does it, but there is one out there that does that it does group uh, group roles, group checks. So if you say, everyone give me a stealth check and there's an option to pop up and then everyone can click it and it, it contains it within the chat all in one box. So you don't see like four or five different things. It's all in one. Oh, it's so slick. It's so great. Yeah, it is. It is Monk's token okay. bar. Yeah. It yeah. does that. And you can save that as a macro so you don't have to like go through and check everybody off every time. You can just put it on the macro bar, select who you want, hit it, and it'll just send it out. And yeah, that makes things go a lot smoother and a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of, a lot of great little quality life things like that. Uh, yeah, definitely. So with Foundry, there's a lot of cool things you mentioned. What was like your favorite feature of Foundry? I know you haven't played like many of the other ones, but like, what's like the thing that like, either like things like the best thing to bring to the table or just makes your life easier as a DM? Well, okay. That's two different questions because the best thing that I like about it was the uh, animated, the animated stuff where if you shoot a weapon, It'll show a laser go yeah. towards the person. If it hits, it'll hit the token. If it misses, it'll go wide. I loved that. That was amazing. And it does the same thing for lightsabers and, and all of that. So those animated assets, that, that's what I really like about it and gets me engaged. Um, makes my life easier as a DM. I would say the, uh, the uh, mini combat, to be honest, makes it easier. <laughs> Mini combat just pops up a little box at the bottom. I don't have to jump over to the combat tracker and back to the chat and over to the combat tracker and back to the chat. Just pops up a little box down at the bottom that shows you whose turn it is. And uh, you can click next turn and end combat and all that just with that little pop up. So. Awesome. Nice. It's great in the digital sense when you're DMing, you know, you have your screens and how you can manage all your windows, right? And then just kind of think about when I went, if you ever do this and go to the table for an in-person game, think about like, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've gone back and forth. Tegan, I don't know if you ever had this, have had this experience where you're like, man, I need my screens. I need my, you know, windows and things as opposed to shuffling papers at the table. Yeah, it was one of those things. It was weird because I loved it when I first went online. I'm like, oh, I can just have everything in different tabs. I don't have to like search through papers to find something. But that demon gave a person I'm like, whoa, I don't have like all my stuff. It's a it's a weird transition. I still like like the in person entry is fun, but it's uh, like having all my. I started bringing a laptop to having it up so I could still have my windows open. Absolutely, a lot of great uh, features there. So, uh, Caleb. I want to wrap up here. Uh, thanks again for coming on. I want to mention, though, and um, thank you for bringing it up, but Outbreak, the fan-inspired one-shot that we did a contest because uh, we had hit 2,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, and you were the lucky winner of that. And we uh, created this one-shot uh, based on your story, your uh, idea for the one-shot. Um, so, yeah, so you said, so give, uh, you know, you said you ran that. I'm going to give you a chance to give our fellow community members who haven't checked it out yet, uh, give them a little pitch about that one shot and why they should check it out. Well, it is a one shot that is filled with mystery and intrigue and uh, a little bit of suspense. So you don't know what's coming next. 
Uh, and that's what you got to keep your players on your toes, on their toes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, we'll have a link to that one shot. It, it is available on our Patreon, but I'll make sure there's a direct link in the show notes of this episode. So anyone out there that hasn't checked it out can, it is free. So you don't have to be a member of the Patreon. So you can grab that and uh, let us know how that goes. So, uh, yeah. Tegan, any other last questions for our foundry expert here? Oh, last question. It's not about foundry. I just realized I didn't ask this before. Um, what's your campaign about? Like a quick pitch about what your campaign's about. <laughs> Well, um, it is set in 995 BBY, so it's right after the uh, New Sith Wars end, which is an open era, so you don't really have any constraints there, except for you know that Bane is running around, (laughs) and that's all. But uh, basically, my premise is that there are people who have started to try to fill that power vacuum that is left. And some of them are good, some of them not so good. Um, the party started out on a uh, travel cruiser to Bathrui, and it got hijacked, and they crash-landed on a planet named Larator, which nobody really knows anything about because it was in the game, uh, game Informer from Star Wars. So it was kind of open. Uh, the, only thing, the only thing you know about it is there's crab people there called the Salvax. They look like you know six-foot-tall crabs. So... Uh, it's just a story about right and wrong, good and bad, your typical, typical things. Nice. I always love picking those open airs. I usually do mine kind of like a couple hundred years before where there's still more Sith, but like in that same period where you can pretty much write where you want because there's not like much content in there to interfere with it. Yeah, that's what I didn't want. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hit, I, I know, uh, Todd said he's not really a lore based G, uh, GM, but, uh, I have a hard time not being one just from my pure love of star wars <laughs> understandable <laughs> and, and, yeah understandable so so that's that's why i picked that era and uh you know, they, they're still on layer tour towards the end of chapter one and then i'll have a chapter two and chapter three so i i, I want to tell you guys about it but i'm not going to do it over the podcast. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> We'll, we'll look for updates after the fact uh, in, in the Discord and, and whatnot. So, yeah, well, uh, Caleb, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, great to chat. Uh, some wonderful things out of the conversation uh, outside of Foundry as well. Just hearing more about, you know, your campaigns and your use as a, uh, your experience as a GM and whatnot. Uh, everyone, if you haven't, check out Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Great virtual tabletop there. And then specifically, of course, Star Wars 5e system for that. Uh, it, it really throws everything in that game uh, into into that so you can re- you play it. The compendium, all that stuff um, is there so you can dive in and play uh, virtually or you can use it. And you can use it in live play um, and just have it there to for digital sh- character sheets and whatnot. So be sure to check that out. So... We'll uh, maybe talk to you again down the road for another update or something else. So again, thank you so much for being here. You guys. Awesome conversation with Caleb. Uh, great to catch up with him and learn more about the Foundry system and, and just his uh, his game in general uh, it, it, with Star Wars 5e. So I hope to have him on again. Uh, Tegan, our next episode, the last one of the year, is going to be a bit of a recap year ahead. Tell us a little more about uh, what we might have on that. 
Definitely. So uh, next episode, we're going to kind of give a recap of uh, kind of all the cool things that happened this year with uh, DJM, uh, some of our of content that we put out, uh, some of the Patreon engagement, and just some cool things that happened with our Discord, too, with uh, different stories we've heard from our players and uh, different Star Wars 5e games going along. Uh, so definitely join us on that side. And uh, last big thing, too, it's going to be a little bit of a send-off with Steve, uh, our own little, uh, um, what did he call himself, uh, the, the senate the senate yeah yeah uh, the senate himself on that side so uh definitely don't miss it we'll be good to yeah check in with him and and see uh, if he's got anything going on uh you know beyond star wars 5e now so yeah join us next week as we wrap things up we also will going to try and have a little bit of a preview or a heads up on what we're going to do for next year as well we are going to continue on with the star wars 5e content from from djm so we'll, we'll uh, touch on that as well All right. Well, that is everything for today's episode. Thank you everyone so much for listening, following, uh, supporting us. We appreciate it so very much. Hope you have a good rest of your week and we will see you on the next one. May the force be with you. Force be with you.